The mic is listening. The mic is listening. The mic. The mic is listening. 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 Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Mike is Listening show. I am Sia, and I am back and feeling wonderful, though a little congested with my allergies, but I'm feeling better overall. So hope everyone's having a great Wednesday today. And because last week's episode was amazing and double checking, my mic is on, checking the soundboard as I should. It is going. So I wanted to kind of rehash a little bit of last week because the audio quality was so embarrassing and you know what? It's okay. We make mistakes and it's okay to repeat content because you know what? If you didn't hear it the first time, the odds are high. It'll take 17 times before message actually resonates 17 times guys. And I need to get that source so I can like, you know, really truly validate it, but I read it on the internet. So it must be true. Right? So everyone let's recap a little bit of last week and this week. And so I kind of integrated um, the titling of it today on the show is making money, making time, making podcasts. And look, this is not one of those like, oh, you can monetize your podcast and make a million dollars and be the next Joe Rogan and blah, blah, blah. It's not that at all because majority is not going to happen. But the thing is, you still can monetize it in different ways. And so I'm going to talk about that just a little bit, but I want to kick off something here. And you know what? People have been asking me about those numbers, about those you know, what makes a podcast successful? If I only get 50 downloads or if I get a thousand downloads or 10,000 downloads, am I successful? And everything is relative. Okay. And I don't want to knock or I don't want to have anyone feel self-conscious if they're not getting those big downloads that you thought you would really, really consider the impact you're having on those 50 downloads. If those 50 downloads are people who are actually buying from you, aren't you making more money from it, right? Then versus a million downloads where no one buys anything. They just like download it or listen or maybe half-ass listening, right? So just want to throw this out there that, you know, numbers, yes, you need to have some kind of tangible thing, but it's not your end-all be-all. So reiteration of this is there have been 130 million, almost 130 million books written in around the world since the dawn of publishing. And people tell me all the time, like, oh my gosh, there's, you know, podcasts out there. Who am I to be the differentiator? You know, why would I put it out there and only have those 50 downloads? The bottom line is this, guys. I'm about to have a whole stream of self-published and published authors come on board today, 2021. So here's the thing, guys, is just do it, okay? Put your content out there, And it's for the audience that you are targeting. It's going to be relevant and interesting to them. So yeah, 130 million books out there and there's publishers out there today. Why does that matter so much? Because our stats right now saying there's about 2 million podcasts that are out there that have been created. But really, if you look at it realistically, probably take out half of it. So about 1 million active podcasts out there today. Okay, again, oh my gosh, see, my podcast is one of 1 million. Think of it again. Your audience is niche. This podcast is really designed for folks that are uh, focused on business-oriented branding, if you will, right? I know my niche is like like tiny, 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 and I'm okay with that. If it's only listened to on LinkedIn, 
I'm okay with that. And you know what? I don't mind saying it. I don't necessarily promote as much on YouTube as I probably should because my focus isn't YouTube. I just put it out there as a convenience for those that can't watch the stream live and don't want to scroll through my wall to find all my episodes. And of course, I put it on podcasts format because why wouldn't I? This is a great format for LinkedIn, but maybe someone on LinkedIn wants to hear me, but doesn't want to necessarily stream. They can listen on their podcast player, save themselves some bandwidth, right? So throwing it out there, 2 million podcasts sounds like a lot, but it really isn't. It just really isn't. That goes back into my rant. So are we ready for my rant, guys? 2 million podcasts that are out there, right? And the whole premise of the mic is listening is to promote other podcasters. And I literally just saw this the other day and I just really, it irked me to no end. I got asked more or less, why are you promoting other podcasters? Why is your show premise about celebrating other podcasters? Aren't they your competition? No, they're not. You know, even if they're talking about the same content that I am. And here's the reason why I say no, they're not. Because with my personality, and the way I go about things may not necessarily be the palette of the person that's doing similar content with a different audience. Okay, yes, our target is similar, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we're fighting over the same people. And quite frankly, there's a lot of people who listen to the same type of content podcast anyway. So to that individual that challenged me and said, why would you want to promote your competitors? Here's the thing. This is my show. I'm on every week, whereas, quote, my guest is on that one time. So is it really competition? Is it really highlighting my competitor more than me? I don't understand that logic. Maybe someone else can speak up and ask and, and share with me why when someone would have that particular mentality. Because for me, and I said this before, all ships rise with the tide. The more successful we are in content creation and creating something either visually, audibly, even in writing, okay, in a blog, for example, this is some way that we all can support one another as we get our messaging out there. To me, I think you get more with honey than vinegar. Again, if you're looking at your clients and your clients are looking at you and you're treating people as all adversaries, what's your client going to think about how you treat them? And I've mentioned this before. I mean, again, I used to be in sales, you know, that whole mentality of like, oh, I just love the thrill of the kill. And I used to say this all the time in sales. Well, you know, wow. If I was a client, I'd be like, dude, thank you for thinking of me as some kind of prey. So again, it's not a win lose or whatever type thing to me. There's so much content that could be out there that our brains can actually absorb. It's okay if someone has an alternative viewpoint, agree or disagree. That's what makes this all so much fun for all of us. That's my rant. I can't believe people would think I'm not going to support another podcaster just because we might have similar content. That saddens me. And if that's your mentality, you may want to rethink the value that you have to others. Perhaps it's a little bit selfish thinking. But that's another day, another show, perhaps. So let me bring it all back. Sponsorship and ad sales, because the topic of this is making money, making time and making podcasts, right? I want to have a little slight word about sponsorship and ad sales, because I've been asked this quite a bit for my clients. Why and how can we get people to sponsor? I want to offset the costs of producing this podcast. See, I want to pay you, but you know what? Money's tight. How can I offload some of the costs, the overhead in creating a podcast? And look, I have had many conversations with individuals who are like, look, I've got no money and that's fine. Let's use your cell phone or your use your current technology that you have and put out content, even if it's not perfect. And I'm okay with that. Quite frankly, for those that are looking for something that's a little bit more polished, a little bit more professional, something that maybe is on brand, that's when you look at 
leveraging resources that can do it for you professionally and ease of mind where you basically just show up, do what you need to do and let the others make you look good. I consider what I do for a living at Innovation Media Enterprises, we're like your your makeup and your clothing people behind the scenes. We will make you look good. You just show up on camera, do your thing, and we do the rest. And it's okay if you want to do it for yourself and do it by yourself because you can't afford it. And that's fine. Just understand that there are applications for use when it makes sense to pay someone to offload it. If it takes you six, seven hours to do your podcast, to um, produce it, to edit and all that good stuff, you may want to consider outsourcing it if, if your cost of time outweighs the value that you're bringing back to yourself. So unless you enjoy it, if you enjoy it, then have at it, my friend, go 10 hours and have fun with your podcast. I'm just talking about the time of cost and time of, uh, you know, production. So when it comes to ad sales and sponsorship, okay, so there's different ways of looking at how to monetize your podcast. And the first thing that comes out is sponsorship. That is something where you can get money from a company or individual that says, okay, I would like sponsorship in the context of I want it branded, co-branded with your podcast, i.e. I want it on my cover art. I want it say premiered, sponsored by whatever. That's the traditional way of like getting the bigger dollars from someone because it's now you're tying your podcast into that brand. And this is where as a podcast creator, producer, I caution my clients to say, look, guys, just make sure whoever, not all money is good money. Okay. And I had a great conversation the other day with Megan over at Esports Connected. We do produce her podcast. Uh, for those that are interested, go to esportsfpn.com and learn more about the other podcasts. But she made a point. Not all podcast is perfect for her. In her case, she said, look, I, I just preferred this one particular company that's interested in sponsoring versus another because the other one was not necessarily on message with the, her podcast and what it represents. And that totally makes sense. What the great thing was, though, that we talked about was, you know what, though, though they weren't perfect for me and my podcast, they actually might be appropriate for another podcast. And that's awesome. And that's how you can leverage one another too. Again, going back to that, we're all competitors. It's not. If a, if a sponsor isn't appropriate to you and you know that sponsor wants to invest some money in a podcast, why not send them to another podcaster that might be a better fit? And quite frankly, you're, you're raising the value of everyone together and in, in maintaining the medium of podcasting. So looking at sponsorship and ad sales, they are two different things. So when I think about the sponsorship, oftentimes they will want to look at how they would go about it. And you could, again, do the co-branding, co make it part of your intro and your outro if you want to. And then we kind of mix into the ad sales part of it, right? So this is more the traditional that we're talking about when you think of radio, right? So you have your hosted red, red ads where the host itself reads the ad. And then you also have a pre-produced ads where um, it could be the host reads it or the sponsor, or not sponsor, but the, the client wants to produce their own and they kind of insert it in. So there's different ways to go about looking at the ads. And there's also looking at the timing of it. Do you want it pre-roll? That means before your podcast. You want mid-roll in the middle of your podcast. And then, of course, your post-roll, which is at the end of your show. So those times can command different pricing and then also different values and timing. Now, I was reading this article and they were talking about sometimes those mid-rolls, you know, ads in general 
can be disruptive to the flow of the podcast. So again, not all money is good money. You have to decide as a creator, does it make sense to do a mid-roll? Maybe if you are in a fictional podcast, just depends on how you break it up and edit it, right? If you are in a conversation, and I've done this before, so shout out on the Ransomware Battleground, Airgap is our sponsor. I have no problems in the middle of the podcast just talking about Airgap and some of their solutions in general, whether it's an appropriate fit or inappropriate fit or whatever have you. Again, it's natural to me, but you have to figure that because you're the one that is a creator of how you write it and how your personality fits in to put in ads and all that good stuff. The other thing too, though, about sponsorship, I do want to to throw this out there that some of my clients have asked me, I don't have any downloads. I don't have a huge following. How and I will I get sponsorship? What's my value to them? And there's so much more to it than I think you realize. And so hear me out, okay? Because I know some sponsors are like, no, I really don't care about downloads. You got to find the right sponsor, right? That's going to fit you. But I have a client who had zero downloads, hadn't even launched yet. But because uh, backgrounds in technology, reached out to his ecosystem and uh, looked at marketing development funds and just on a whim threw out there in a meeting said, hey, big fortune 50 company, would you like to sponsor my podcast? And that particular individual was like, that's a cool idea. I'd like to sponsor your podcast. And not only did they end up sponsoring it, but they actually led, were able to leverage the, the resources to expand the podcast, to expand the production and the planning and the calendaring and all that stuff. So it can happen, you guys. You just got to find the right individuals who believe in you, believe in your mission, and also, again, understand that there is mutual value that benefits. So again, sometimes these sponsors are just wanting to just be out there and be front and center. So another sponsor that you know we're working with right now and negotiating is they have nothing to do with anything with the content of the podcast, but they understand that the industry that that podcast in has a lot of value. So they want to jump in early, be an early adapter, be welcomed by the community, and then naturally uh, gain that uh, attraction. So they know this is a long-term investment, not just an immediate, hey, I want to generate leads and how quickly can I get a client or a deal closed? So if you want to learn more about sponsorship and ad sales, I'm going to give a shout out to our good friend, Heather Osgood over at True Native Media. She does this day in, day out. I love Heather. She actually posts uh, live on LinkedIn and has her own show. So definitely check her out, you guys. She's got a great podcast talking about all things sponsorship and uh, all the connections that she's made. So if you're looking for that, connecting your podcast show to a sponsor that's interested, go to check out True Native Media. So shout out to you, Heather Osgood. But here's the other thing. When we're talking about making money and making time to make that podcast, Sometimes it's not a tangible and sometimes that it is not something that you see immediately. So one of the biggest things that I've seen, the reason why podcasts work, and by the way, we're about to celebrate a one-year anniversary of the Map Esports Podcast Network, is to establish credibility, okay? So this could be for your business, this could be for you, this could just be in general, is in that sea of millions of people out there that are doing exactly what you do. Who the heck are you to have any level of credibility to talk about anything, okay? I just do podcasts day in, day out, and I talk about it all the time because it's a fun thing and it's part of my business. But you know what? I put myself out there at the beginning of the pandemic, and I'm typically not loving to be in front of the camera. Funny comments aside, I gotcha. I really am not that comfortable with being on camera as much, which is probably why I gesticulate. So I'm learning how to control all that good stuff. And it's a learning process. But 
what I have learned in my experience is that because I'm putting myself out there, because you've seen all my foibles and you see that the fact that I'm just sharing what I know and then in hopefully inspiring others to do more and, and experiment is that it's established credibility for me. I'm not saying I'm the expert, but I am saying I'm in the industry and I've done it well long enough where I think I can give some credible advice that, again, people are coming and asking me, hey, can I bounce ideas off your head? Or can I, can you like, you know, perhaps share something with me that maybe I'm missing something? Like, let's look at this. That is awesome. And ideally, that is what you want, right? Because people do business with people they know, like, and trust, right? So if you've got credibility, there, that lends yourself above your competition. Think about your competition. How many people are putting themselves out there in your industry in this way, in this format, where they get to know you and actually see you in action? So if you are in an industry where you don't see a lot of people doing what you know I'm doing right now, this might be an opportunity for you to be an earlier adapter and be effective in standing out from your competition. So building a community, this is so huge. Okay. So think about what the definition of community is. It is where a group of people come together with a core belief to build something together. You could have people who absolutely fundamentally disagree on so many different things, but they found that one thing to connect and enjoy one another. So for example, I I've said this repeatedly. There's a reason why my theme is the mic listening is I love music and I go to concerts all the time. Well, pre-pandemic, knock on wood, we can keep going now, but I've met so many amazing people that I'm connected to today because we have a shared love of the bands that we were listening to. I mean, I'm friends with a lot of these guys on Facebook and I'm looking at them and I'm like, wow, huh, I don't necessarily agree with your opinion on this, but you know what? You're a cool person because when we connected that night, we found a commonality and we bonded over it and we talked to each other. Many of us will talk about the music that we have in common and we keep other things that we don't have in common out of the picture because community can only grow if you have that understanding, a mutual trust and like and respect for one another to collaborate, to be together, to communicate. And so if you can have people rally around your business or your service or your personality, that's the golden ticket, if you will, especially in this influencer age and stage is to build that community of people that will do and embrace whatever, whatever it is, content that you're creating and all that good stuff. So ultimately, though, how do you grow all that? How do you grow your credibility? How do you grow your community, right? And people that are going to love and you know embrace you is what's your value to your audience? This is a big thing. My value at times, it changes and it wavers and it just depends and it's unique to each individual. But what it is, what is it that you are trying to convey to them that makes them care? Why should I care about anything that you do and anything that you say? That's called listening to your, your audience and your folks that you talk to that, that you're targeting for your show or for your blog or for whatever content that you're creating when you're putting yourself out there. And value to your sponsors or your client ad partners, if you will. When people are giving you money, there's an understanding that there's an agreement of, of something in return. So what's your value to your partners that are investing time money to you? And what is the value to yourself, right? What are you getting out of this? And that goes back to the why. Make sure out of all things that you're doing as you're letting your creativity out and about and shine, what is your why that you're doing this? And it's not, why is not because I want 
to be an influencer or, or I want a million downloads. Those are your what's, okay? Your why is digging deep into your soul and finding out what's your motivation in life. What makes you happy and makes you proud of yourself that makes you feel good? Because there's going to be days when you create content like this and entire month of September, I was like down and out with COVID, but I jumped back in as soon as I could because for me to share this information for you to get your legacy out there, to create something that is going to be you and unique to you. That makes me happy and that stimulates me. And that's my why, because I see a huge opportunity for us to be more. And if you're into genealogy, far much more than your birth date and death date by the time your great grandchildren are around. This is a living and breathing diary of your legacy. So a little bit of a, a digression there, but value to yourself, your audience and your sponsors. If you can nail all that, you will find ways to monetize your podcast and, of course, make your time worthwhile and, of course, make your podcast, right? So here's the ultimate. When I think about monetization of podcasting, it's not necessarily the sponsorship at ad sales. To me, that's a natural progression of it. But the ultimate big, big dollar amount, what you're really going to make money on is picking up new clients and projects. This is huge. For those that are creating their podcasts because they just want to get themselves out there, especially if you're in a sales and marketing background, and you are really, your KPI is, how many clients did we engage with as a result of this podcast? To me, is a great indicator of knowing that if your target or your message is correct. And this is so stoked. This week alone, I had quite a few clients come up to me and they're like, you know what? Like one, I'm just like totally just like laughing about. One of them goes, you know, I don't know if I ever told you, but my biggest deal I landed was a direct result of my podcast. And I was like, dude, why didn't you tell me this? And they're like, yeah, I never thought about it. But yeah, just just made the connection because we were talking and they're like, yeah, because your podcast was so cool and you had so many great guests. We liked what you were offering. And that individual ended up getting a huge contract with them. That is going to outshine um, again, unless you're like a Joe Rogan, but that's going to outshine a lot of sponsorship and ad sales and like plunking along. So just the gratification of getting clients, which is your ultimate to me is a, is a win. Full disclosure on that, which is interesting. I've said this before, podcasts take time. It's like you got to plant the seed and keep your podcast live and going, but you got to plant that seed for it to grow. And again, consistency. And I know I've talked about consistency, even though I'm a month, you know, I, between my ransomware battleground and the two deer in headlights, which had to be on hiatus because I got sick, it's coming back. And that's okay. Just know that you might have a slight setback or even not. If you built your community and your value to your, your audience, that gap, they will come back when they're like, oh, wait, they're putting stuff back out again. So don't freak out if your numbers dip, if you have to have a hiatus because life happens, it's okay. Acknowledge it, move on. So pick up new clients. I was really excited about that. And uh, if any of my other, if, if you've got testimonials and stories about it, I'd love to hear how you've picked up new clients as well as a result of your content creation efforts. I really would love to hear about it because that's like totally cool to me. So ultimately what I want to say is this, people are listening. They might not comment. They might not like. They may not subscribe. That's okay. But you know what? There are so many different mechanisms the way people are absorbing your content and it's getting out there. Even if it's just scrolling, you know, on their mobile phone or on their desktop, you know, and they just see your content but don't say anything, it's still a view and it makes such an impact and it does stand out. And again, if I can reiterate this, 
Look at your competition. How many people in your industry are actually doing some level of content creation? And if they're not, why not you? Why not step up out of your comfort zone and be that person? Because I assure you, people will notice and people will listen. Shout out to the CISO Diaries. Launched this end of August. Leah is my co-host. I have stepped out of security like, gosh, 15 years ago, 10 years, 15 years ago. Oh my gosh, time flies. 15 years ago, I felt like I was an outsider in the world of cybersecurity, but I loved and I've always followed security. And when we launched the CISO Diaries, I've been getting hit up by executives and leaders in cybersecurity because we had something that was compelling. And that to me, I've been out 15 years. People don't know who I am. The fact that they would reach out to say, hey, like your show, would like to be a guest, let's talk. That is powerful. So again, building that community, it, it absolutely helps. So, and of course, of course, maybe you might have something that might inspire someone to do something for themselves. So keep thinking in mind that there is a greater good to everything that you guys are putting out there. And if you want me to share that information, by all means, feel free to hit me up. I'm going to be more than happy to share that because you know what? All ships rise with the tide and I'm all about the competition supporting one another. So you know what? You'll capture more flies with honey than vinegar and stay positive, everyone. And that is my episode for this week. And my mic is on, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up. I guess I shall see ya next week. So make money, make the time, make your podcast. Peace out.